Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Raptors Over Everything podcast. My name is Emmett Mann. Rate, review, subscribe on your podcast platforms and on YouTube. Like and subscribe there as well. Joining me today, Sirat Sohi. I remember when uh, a few years ago when you and I were doing a live show and uh, a few of your friends were pointing out that, yes, this Indian boy is not saying your name properly. I was saying Sirat, Sirat. <laughs> they also pointed out that your name wasn't being said, uh, being said correctly either. No, and we corrected wasn't. both those things. The Halcyon days of, you know, Yahoo, at 20, Yahoo in the offices in 2019. In the offices. Yeah. That office is closed could, down now, by the way. Could you imagine? They closed? Really? Yeah. It's, we're done with that now. Um, we don't have an office currently. I guess that makes sense. Yeah. Just of, yeah, okay. All yeah. that. Separate matter. That's oh. why I'm doing this at home. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. That makes uh-huh. sense. Okay. So you wrote a very, very good piece. And for anyone who wanted to read it, it's in the YouTube description or the podcast description on your platform, but it's on Scotty Barnes. Is Scotty Barnes ready to spread his big, in brackets, mm-hmm. wings? Who did that title? Is that you? No, it wasn't. That was my editor. I got to give credit where credit is due. It's just yeah. barrier right there. Uh-huh. Um, it was a great piece. Um, and you. what's cool is that there's been so many dis- discussions about uh, Scotty Barnes over the years, and somehow you found a way to also teach us more about him, which is really cool. So I guess in the end, what did you learn about Scotty that you didn't know prior to doing the piece and the research and everything? I'd say the biggest thing I learned about Scotty that I didn't know was just how ferocious he is as a competitor. Um, he kind of came into the season like as a rookie and everybody was like, oh, look at this happy, boisterous kid, full of energy. All he's doing is smiling, running around. He's hugging players after winning his first preseason game. He's just yeah. like the happiest dude in the world. <laughs> like there's never he's there's never not a smile on his face. He's giving everybody energy. He's running up and down the court like he's never going to get tired. And it was just like he was like just the energizer bunny, this kid yeah. that never stops being happy um and what i realized from profiling him is that you know while he is generally of a more optimistic you know demeanor than your average human being for sure he is like he i think he's a very grateful person i think he Uh he takes everything that he's been given to heart and he really appreciates it but at the same time you know no one's always happy um and he has he has his moments of frustration so i think Losing is something that really makes him frustrated. Uh, This has obviously been a season of a lot of losing. And there's also just trying to navigate the space between the player that he Mm. is and the player that he wants to be. And that can have its moments of frustration too. And as it does for pretty much everybody in every, you know, every walk of life, right? Like you chase something and like in those, those steps in between, like there is a lot of frustration. You don't know if you're going to make it right. I think he definitely has faith that he's going to make it. That's something that I learned about him too. I think he has supreme confidence in himself. But mm. you know, if if last year we looked at Scotty as this guy who's always happy, I would say this year I learned that he's actually somebody who's always expressive. However, mm. he is feeling is going to be out there. I can relate to that. When did you talk to him? 
I talked to him in late October. Gotcha. Okay. Um, was he that close to Oprah's mansion? Really? Apparently, yes. I mean, <laughs> you're, you're referencing the hike that they went on. Uh, yeah. Pre-draft. Yeah, she, she's got these mansions in Montecito, and he was doing his uh, pre-draft training uh, with uh -huh. P3 uh peak performance uh lab and uh they yeah they went on a hike uh the lab is in santa, santa barbara which is right in those mountains so yeah no it was kidding. right there yeah I'm sure I'm sure she has like 10 of them you also mentioned in the piece um a story where a woman fell and scotty was like oh my goodness and let me go and help you what was behind that who told you that actually was it Scotty? Uh, no, it was a P3 guy, uh, John Flake. He uh, he was basically like Scotty's trainer and the trainer of like, you know, all the, the 2021 uh, draft class. I think like there's there were a bunch of guys from BDA that went. Mm. Um, they always send their guys down there. Scotty's a BDA guy. And uh, yeah, so it was like it was a bunch of those guys that did their pre-draft preparation there. And yeah, John Flake was kind of just like the 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 head trainer for that i'm probably getting that actual like the actual title wrong but he was uh you. he was working with them and he took them on this hike and then they went afterwards they they went out for smoothies and everything and uh yeah she he just saw this woman fall and like you know classic scotty barnes fashion was just like how can i help and you know yeah. was just running around the, like this strip mall essentially <laughs> trying to figure out how to, how to help this woman <laughs> scotty to the rescue uh, mm -hmm. There are some people that think Scotty's personality is a little bit contrived. It's a little bit fake. And, you know, his outbursts and his reactions sometimes, especially with teammates when they do something good or he does at times, um, he's just it's over the top. And um, some people feel that it's fake or that he's just doing it for a show. But I think reading your piece, I think you found out otherwise that this is who he's been for a long time. Mm -hmm. uh, he's always been this way. I think, uh, you know, if you talk to anybody around him, like, He's a big hugger. He loves, he just loves people. He's somebody who gets a lot of energy from people. I don't think that's contrived actually, especially if you like, I mean, if you look at how he's, be, how he behaved earlier in the season, just his frustration at referees, his frustration, even at mm. teammates, right? Like, you know, if he, if he didn't get the ball or if they didn't make the pass that they wanted, he wanted them to make, or if like they didn't take a specific shot, he'd have his arms up in the air, like, and his like his mouth, like completely wide open. Right. So I don't think yeah. there's anything contrived about it. I think he just can't help but express how he's uh -huh. actually feeling in a particular moment. Right. Um, and yeah, I, I think it's an interesting thing. I think like when, when people, I used to feel like this about overly optimistic people. Like when I was younger, I like there were a couple of people in my life that were always just really happy all the time, really optimistic. And I always felt, yeah, yeah, always just like so grateful for everything. And yeah. I like, I would kind of just be like, oh, come on. Like, can you get a load of this guy? <laughs> um, but, you know, as I've gotten older too, I think you just realize that everyone is so in incredibly different. Like people see the world differently than yeah. I do. They, they, they interact with what's going on around them differently than like, we all just are our own little like mush yeah. of experiences and genetics and all that stuff. And some people are just wired to be more grateful than others. And mm. I think that's like that for Scotty, like he's always been that way. I think he says that he gets it from his mom. He told me that his mom is someone who just like cries at the littlest things, um, you know, will like, you know, if you like give her a hug and some flowers, like she'll burst out into tears. Like, you know, she last time she he told me this didn't make the story, but the last time uh, she saw him, he saw her cry was, 
you know, playing in Miami, uh, they got to his his grandpa got to watch the game. Uh, yeah. He grew up in West Palm Beach. And, you know, just his grandpa getting to watch him play an NBA game that made his mom cry. So, you know, I think I think he gets part of it from that. And there's just down the line, like you talk to people that he went to to high school with, like there is a letter of recommendation that his uh, his his principal wrote for him at the time. Uh, that was actually quite like he read it out to me uh, when I talked to him, uh, the, prin- the principal I got uh I got it from one second. Let me just pull it up because it was something that really stuck with me. Cause like, honestly, I'm more of like, my disposition is a little bit like, I don't know. Like there was a, one of the, one of the teachers did it like does a evaluation test based on Winnie the Pooh characters and, and Scotty Barnes came out as Christopher Robbins, like someone who can learn in like every type of learning style. And I think if they did that for me, I'd be more of like an Eeyore type. So I was, when I was, um, when I was like uh, writing this, it was just, you know, it was nice to kind of like be in the, not the presence. I wasn't, I wasn't, you know, next to these people talking to them, but being on a phone call with somebody and they talk about someone that they're very grateful for, I don't think those types of things can really be faked. You know, like everyone that I talked to about Scotty was A, very happy to talk about him, which is not always the case. Like sometimes if you start digging down the well of like college and high school, like there are guys that people are like, I don't know. Like they're not going to reply. They don't want to talk about him. They don't want to do a a 20 minute phone call where they know they're going to have to be fake about somebody because they're not actually like, gonna want to say something bad about them necessarily or sometimes Mm -hmm. I do um but (laughs) like they for the most part like everyone I talked to was super excited to talk about Scotty and they all had these moments in their life where Scotty really impacted them but here's like so so for the Morgan Wood National Player of the Year award um Montverde's Dean David uh Bernard Tabitz he wrote a letter of recommendation and he said what separates Scott from other great athletes or famous students and community-minded individuals is a joy that he brings to everything he does. Henry Newen said, joy does not simply happen to us. We have to keep choosing joy every day. With everything that has transpired in Scott's life, he could choose anger and resentment. He could have chosen a path much less positive. Scott has chosen to bring joy to everything that he does, and he lifts others around him to that same state of joy. Oof. Which was just, I mean, hearing that, I was just like, wow. Like, that's that's, that's pretty incredible. Damn, that's some pretty high praise. <laughs> yeah, yeah, especially for someone that was like, you know, probably like 17 years old when he yeah. was, you know, he was, you know, probably the closest with him. And at that point, like people have questioned at points like his maturity and his work ethic, you know, during the off season and stuff like that. But um, I've always found that, you know, especially talking to his trainer, Brian Mack, which I think you did too. I talked to mm-hmm. Brian uh, during uh, the previous off season and mm-hmm. I mean, he's known him for a very long time. And everything you hear about Scotty is that he's a tireless worker. Like he really wants this and losing um, is one thing that just does not really jive well with them. Um, there mm-hmm. was a press conference earlier in the season where he was doing, um, it was after a loss and I think it might've been the the Bucks game. Um, or maybe one before that where the where the Raptors like went on that huge dry spell and they had like seven points and with three minutes left in the first quarter and all that. And his face, he looked like he looked lost almost for about mm-hmm. lack of a better term. He looked lost. He's just like, I don't get this. I don't understand why this is happening. And mm-hmm. he couldn't really answer the questions. He was he was in his own little world. Um, yeah. And to me, that just shows like a commitment to to winning and that truly like he just hates losing. That is something that you mentioned in your your piece is that he just can't take it. 
yeah he really hates losing I think it's like something that he's said that he's trying to get better at um you know, like I've been talking to some people around him, like after losses, he's somebody who will really like he'll live in the loss for a while. And I think that's what you're seeing in those press conferences, right? Yeah. Like he is somebody who will be kind of like he'll dwell on it. He'll still be thinking about hmm. what he could have done differently, at least probably for like the, the a couple hours after the game. And there was this one game after I think there was a, like the the Miami there was a Miami win, but Scotty was talking to the media and he was like, you know what? Yeah, I realize that I'm in a, a bit of a shooting slump right now. That game, he went back to the arena at like midnight and uh, and he was and he was shooting around. So if yeah. anything, I feel like the issue might be overwork as opposed to um, not working hard enough. Or maybe, you know, it's a matter of the things that he was working on. That's going to be one of the challenges for his development going forward is just trying to figure out where exactly he should be focusing. Yeah. Because what do you do he could, when you can do like everything? Put, exactly. Like he put point guard in his bio before the season started. I think in like this this stretch in January has showed that right now his best position is probably being a playmaking four. Like yeah. kind of being that secondary playmaker, uh, catching the ball on the roll in the short roll, making decisions, either finding a cutter or a shooter yeah. or taking that shot himself. Like he's he's money from that spot too. Like he that was his best spot last season to shoot uh, as a shooter, yeah. and that's a good place to build his range out from as well. So I think that's probably the right spot for him. I think they they found their way into it. But earlier this season, yeah, there were moments where it just looked like he was completely lost out there. Like he was waiting on the perimeter for, for the ball. And like, you know, obviously Fred Van Lee is, is running the point guard. And then you also have other ball handlers on the team. Like Pascal Siakam needs the ball in his hands a, a good deal. OG is another like more so perimeter oriented player. You've got Trent. I mm -hmm. think Trent and, and, uh, and Barnes play really, really well together. Yeah. Uh, especially when, and Scotty is like initiating those dribble handoffs. So that's, that's a promising bit there, but yeah, I think, I think overall, like there's, there's so many things that he wants to do and he wants to be a leader and he wants the burden of that leadership. But I think earlier on the season, like, I think you could see that he was feeling a little bit of the pressure yeah. of that too, and trying to figure out where he fits in, in the second year. So things seem to have stabilized for him a little bit. And I think from, from here on out, it, it really is about, yes, you have to, you know, you, you have to fulfill your potential and he wants to fill his, fulfill his potential. That's another yeah. thing I kind of learned from the story too, is like, it comes with a gratitude. He realizes how gifted he is. He realizes right. how much he's been given. He does want to make the most of it, but at the same time, like you got to be patient with it and realize, yeah, you know, you're still 21 years old. There's mm -hmm. still other, like, we'll see what the team looks like after the trade deadline. But right now there's still a bunch of other guys on the team that have a lot of experience. They're well suited to lead. They're well suited um, to have a lot of touches and all that stuff. So, you know, it's just a matter of being patient. And I think that's actually a good position to be in for him too. Sure. It's like, so it's probably about realizing that too. Hmm. I think the Raptors did a good job of using him in that in pick and roll more. That's the biggest thing that they started doing with their offense. I mean, their defense has gone it's the train wreck now. But when they did start getting better at on the offensive side of the ball, it was that they're running more pick and roll. And I think a lot of the players did want that. And then you are using Scotty. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, 
HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Barnes as a short roller and just he's able to be a playmaker from the middle of the floor. And that is a nice way for him to, to smoothly go into being a point guard because his ball handling and his shooting isn't there yet, but at least he's mm-hmm. able to get like the timing down within the, within the NBA mm-hmm. structures and reading defenses and um, slowly and surely he'll get there, um, especially with his ball handling and his, yeah. his shooting, it, it'll get better over time. But now, I mean, mm-hmm. for the time being, Fred is a point guard and he's with the Raptors. We'll see what happens next week, but I like yeah. that he's in this role. And what's interesting yeah. about him saying, you know, I have to grow Do- to being passive, which is a line in your, your piece. I yeah. find like he, before we get so, to that, I'm kind of I'm kind of just yeah. I'm kind of just curious. Like, do you see him being a point guard long term? Like, like ten five ten years from now, is that where you see Scotty? I think if his ball handling and shooting develops, I think yes. I think he has a vision. I like the idea of him being um, at that height, being able to see over defenses, and we've already mm-hmm. seen like how good that is. And he is playing point guard right now, actually. Like he's the backup point guard because uh, Malachi yeah. and Delano have not you know, perform to the level that they want. There has been some injuries too, but he is getting back up point guard minutes and he's in some lineups that I think are a little bit um, odd to say the least. I don't think he's in advantageous positions to be mm-hmm. a point guard, but he's succeeding and he's turned the ball over less. He's making the safe play and the Raptors using more pick and roll. It's just, it's an outlet for offense, right? Mm-hmm. You force the team to double. Um, maybe there's a slip pass. You get a mismatch. You can find a roller. You there's alley-oop chances, there's a cutter, and he can. He has so many skills. He's able to utilize whatever array of skills he has. He has something that he can do in probably mm-hmm. most facets, right? And then mm-hmm. playing next action basketball, Marcus All, that, that kind of style, I think it, it suits him because he's got a brain that is moving like probably a lot faster than most players on the court. And so mm-hmm. playing that style of basketball, you get to tap into it and you're going to get a better version of Scotty Barnes to me. Mm-hmm. Um. Why is he passive? I think part of it last season or this season was that he was being asked in the Raptors as a whole, they didn't know what their offensive identity was. And so he was asked to be a floor stretcher. Um, his catch and shoot numbers aren't that bad, but at the same time, like why are you using Scotty Barnes as a floor stretcher? Like that's not him. That's not what he should be doing. There are other guys who should be doing that. Mm-hmm. So I think that did have a portion of why he was playing passive, but even in your piece, uh, he said, I have to grow out of being passive. Do you think that's NBA reps or do you think that's like a character trait of his? I think it's both. Yeah. I think it's a character trait. I think he's naturally an unselfish player. Uh, It's going to want to be distributing the ball. Um, I think part of the shooting stuff earlier this season was just him trying to integrate some of the things that he worked on in the off season into his game, trying to figure out, okay, like, can I, like, he worked on a shot a ton. Like, is it going to have arrived yet? It appears to have not. Um, It's like, and we we saw this with Pascal Siakam, that type of stuff can take years. Like, but you got, yeah. it's good that he's working on it now, but we, we might not see the fruits of that labor for another two or three years. Like, or mm-hmm. like, who knows? Who knows how long it's going to take, right? Um, But yeah, I think that he's just kind of a naturally selfless guy. I think he's somebody who grew up really, he really idolized Magic Johnson. And I think that kind of, you know, I, I really go back and forth on the idea of a six, nine point guard in general, 
Uh, obviously, Magic Johnson did it. LeBron James is probably the closest yeah. since. Um, even he didn't pay, play that position for his entire career. He moved around a lot, which I think is something like not to compare Scotty and LeBron, but I think that's something we might see with Scotty. Mm. I just kind of, I'm more of the opinion that if you have that level of size and if you have that level of strength, there's a reason that everyone's trying to get to the rim. There's a reason that, yeah. you know, the Milwaukee Bucks like won a championship, basically just blocking off the rim. That's where everybody wants to be. And like, I just, sure. I look back at that Bucks game in January and just him going at Brooke Lopez, who's a defensive player of the year candidate over and yeah. over again against a team that their worst nightmare is you get to the rim and he's just getting there over and over again. That is such an unstoppable skill that yeah. I feel like I just rather see him do that as opposed to be on the perimeter. I love him creating plays, but I think, I think also like yeah. creating plays in the paint is one of the most valuable things that you can be able to do. That's why I think the Raptors should get a playmaking point guard who can mm-hmm. kind of set the table either whether it's for Pascal to, you know, just be Pascal or whether it's for Scotty to, yeah. you know, attack from underneath the rim. Cause that's where he's the most dangerous too. Like, like a lot of opponents aren't necessarily going to respect Scotty completely out in the perimeter, but the second he's in the paint, like, you know, you have to watch for him, you know, you have to be watching, watching for him pretty much every it's second. True. So, yeah, I think, I think part of it is just where he's positioned on the floor sometimes. Like, he just gets a little – when he's on the perimeter, it feels like sometimes he doesn't know if he should be spotting up or cutting, mm-hmm. uh, whereas there's just a lot more clarity with his role if he's playing, like, the three or the four or even the five. When I mentioned the, him playing point guard, I think it's within the vein of the, the goal for any offense is that you want to be able to touch the paint, right? And if you yeah. have a player that can touch the paint naturally and just can glide there, you're already creating mm-hmm. advantages like right off the bat, but the ball handling and shooting yeah. are the things that has to get better because yeah. then they can sag off you or maybe you're not confident with the ball. Like they can press up on you and turnovers happen. Like live ball turnovers mm-hmm. are like the, geez, are awful. <laughs> they ruin mm-hmm. your offense. They ruin everything. Yeah. It's like, you're those. <laughs> your offense is out the mm-hmm. down down the tank so but he has to get there first and that's why i like this role that he's in like while he hones those skills and it may not be something that happens in two years three years but eventually yeah. i think he can get there the game is very different now too like there's less um the, the spacing is there it's much better than it used to be um you know for a magic johnson like he was able to succeed at it in a time where the game was a little bit slower and he was very fast and his mind was moving very fast scotty barnes now um, it's still very fast, the game itself, but there's more space. Um, he's going to be able to utilize mismatches a lot more. And I think that's kind of the nature of basketball now. Like you just want mm-hmm. you know, pick and rolls and you just, you know, expose mismatches. And he can do that at a pretty high clip once he is there. But for now, middle of the floor, setting screens, rolling, finding cutters. I love it, right? Keep on honing in on that yeah. skill and then the rest of the stuff is going to come. Speaking of all that stuff, do you think he wants the keys to the Raptors like right now? like tomorrow? Or do you think he knows that he should just wait a season or two and let it come to him? I don't know. I don't know. Um, There's obviously a hierarchy on the Raptors right now. That could change in a week, but yeah. (laughs) That could, that could change very, very quickly. That could change any second, really. Um, That's a tough, yeah, (laughs) yeah, right. Um, That's a tough question to answer. I think that he wants the keys eventually like Thad Young basically said you know he's being groomed for leadership like everyone knows he's being groomed for leadership I think there are times in the court where you see him pressing and clapping and like like you know (laughs) he really wants the ball from like Fred or Siakam or OG and like that's 
I feel like there are some moments where they're like, yeah, no, we're not, that's not happening right now. Either like I, maybe they want to do their own thing. Mm-hmm. Maybe there's another play they want to run. I don't know what it is. I, but I do think that he's still figuring out so much about his own game that it's just a lot to put on him. Yeah. Like whether I don't know if he wants it, but I don't think that it's a good idea to give it all to him right now. I think eventually he is like, and there's, there's a ton of really great leadership stories in that mm-hmm. sto- in, in my story as well. Like just think moments that, he's he just has like he's very high emotional intelligence he is just someone who really cares about everybody else around him he wants everyone else to be good Mm. uh but at the same time like I think everything starts with yourself so he has to he has to figure out what he's supposed to be doing at the end of the day um that has to that has to come first like his role needs to be a little bit more solidified he needs to figure out what he's supposed to be working on and like on on a daily basis like what his role is going to be and then from there you can start thinking about what other other people need um and not to say that you can't do both those things at the same time but to have that be a responsibility for a 21 year old who is still figuring out so much about himself at the same time like it's just not necessarily something that's going to make sense on a team with a bunch of veterans on it that have been in the league that have won a championship you know it's just kind of you know, as much as he definitely has leadership potential, I think if anything, he should be soaking in what he can from those guys. And it seems mm-hmm. like with Pascal, he definitely seems to have that relationship where he really it's his favorite really player, respects. right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. His favorite player. Yeah. And like he just seems to like really respect yeah. and idolize and want to emulate Pascal. So I think continuing to do things like that is probably the best move for him right now. Growing pains. It's definitely part pains. of his all yeah. growing pains, yeah. Especially when it comes to losing and the way the season has gone, I'm sure he's l- learning a lot about himself as well. A few weeks ago, there was that uh, Thad and Scotty Barnes thing that happened, right? Yeah. Where they were getting each other's face, and I got some information from a few people about what exactly happened. But in the end, it was just about um, Scotty being receptive to you know critique, criticism, fair criticism, mm-hmm. like honest from from teammates. Like that's going to be happening. Um, in the NBA, like if you want to be a good leader, then you got to be able to take it too. You can't just be giving it all the time. It has to be a, a two-way mm-hmm. street. Um, and for for him, it's part of his maturation as a basketball player, as an adult, right? And mm-hmm. that's why his relationship with the media, I find, is interesting. Um, I've been in plenty of you know press conferences with him where mm-hmm. at times he looks uncomfortable, and then you can see him warm up over time. But it depends almost mm-hmm. on like who's talking to him and how they approach him. Um, mm-hmm. I asked him a question about, uh, I got a great answer actually about that game um, where he went off against the Milwaukee Bucks um, late in the fourth quarter and uh, early overtime. And it, he gave me a great answer about what he's looking for um, when he is in the short roll situations and why he was being so passive earlier in the game and like what he's trying to look for. And it was a great answer. Then I asked him like, what's your favorite subway sub, right? <laughs> and mm-hmm. he really just like warmed up and uh, other people were asking him questions. That's the same day that um, he was asked about Svi Mikhailuk and like, why does he fit so well with the Raptors? And he's like, you know, I like Svi. He was cool. He does a great job of meshing with, and he was like pointing like, how do I say, um, Essentially, he was saying that he meshes well with black people as a white person. Oh, yeah, that was really funny. Yeah, it was hysterical. Um, but <laughs> even really then, funny. like he he didn't want to say he's like, I don't think I should say this. But then he said it. Yeah. Um, anyways, oh, I think uh, so him. I think that's a, a pretty good spot right there where as we see him d- develop there, his confidence speaking to media mm-hmm. members and he's able to give clear concise yeah uh, fair answers and he's not always like so sheltered or scared Mm -hmm. at times to give answers i think we're going to see like those leadership qualities really come through because that's part of it too 
right? Mm -hmm. Handling the media and being that face of it. Like Fred Van Vliet, win or loss, he is facing the media. He never yeah. shies away and he gives good, clear answers. Um, mm -hmm. He'll be, he'll, he'll fire back. Brutally he honest. Yeah, yeah, he'll fire back if he needs to, but like that's a man that gets it done. He knows how to do it. Um, yeah. That is something for Scotty to try to emulate. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I will say that the version of him that I got talking to him one-on-one -on -one was incredibly just articulate and there's like I don't know you talk to certain players and they're not necessarily listening like he was listening he was curious he wanted to yeah. answer the questions like he seemed very giving with his time all that mm -hmm. stuff I think I think that there is a level at which like if if it's one-on-one -on -one and maybe it's different um but yeah that's something to get used to right like being in front of a bunch of microphones and being like sure. the spokesman of a team is very different than uh than talking to somebody one-on-one -on -one. think about players who entered the nba too quickly i think it's similar to that if you get um something handed to you and you're not ready for it it could actually mm -hmm. take you like make you regress a couple of years as opposed yeah. to bring you forward like jackson hayes for one comes to mind because I've been doing a lot of OG and Anobi conversations about trades and stuff like that. And the mm -hmm. fellow I spoke to said that I think he could have used another one or two years in college instead of entering mm -hmm. the NBA. Um, yeah. That kind of stuff happens, right? Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, for sure. Okay, Sarah, this is really cool. I enjoyed this. Thanks what's for next for you? What's, uh, what's, what's coming up for you? Well, what's coming up for me? Probably some deadline pieces. Kyrie Irving? Let's see what's... <laughs> I'm a. I don't know. I really. I I hope someone else takes care of that. I'm sure someone else is taking care of that. It's a lovely thing of working at the Ringer, which you guys should all come and check out and and read exactly. all of our content and everything. I'll do a little plug for the site right now. But there we have a ton of NBA writers, so I'm hoping that Bill Simmons speak, can do it. Bill Simmons. Can yeah, do Bill, it. Bill's gonna do the Bill's gonna do the Kyrie Irving uh, trade request newser right now. I'm sure that's what he's doing. I actually think one second. He might actually um, want to do it, by the way. Huh? <laughs> um, I don't know. Actually, ISO, oh yeah, so ISO, Bill's, uh, horns, Bill's horns. trade value rankings came out today, actually. Oh, cool. Yeah, so that would be something to check out. But we actually have a lot of good stuff on the site right now. Rob Mahoney wrote something about LeBron chasing the scoring title. We're gonna mm -hmm. have we're gonna have some really good scoring title content. I'll probably write something about that too. I'm not talking about nice. my own stuff. We got we got we got some good stuff coming down <laughs> the pipe already. Uh, so yeah, yeah, check it. Check it all out. Check it all out. And listen to the answer every Tuesday. There we That's go. That's the one thing I actually should be plugging. I always forget <laughs> to plug it. <laughs> awesome. This was well, fun. Thanks so, thanks so much so for much. having me. This was fun. It was fun to talk about, Scotty. I appreciate you being interested in the story. 100%. It was great. As I said earlier, it's in the description on YouTube and also on your podcast feed. So check it out if you'd like. Everyone, thank you for listening. Thank you so much for coming on, Sirith. I appreciate it. Thanks, Ahmed. Talk soon. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.